Episode 4, Chapters 6 through 8 of Half a Chance by Cynthia Lord. This recording is made with permission by Scholastic. Chapter 6 Texture. The first thing I did when I woke up the next morning was to check my phone. I grinned to discover three texts from Dad. I'm in Arizona, off to bed now, but I'm excited to see it all in the morning. I bet the sunrises are beautiful here. Have fun mountain climbing today. I miss you too. The text made me feel a little better. I replied, even though he was probably still asleep. Miss you more. Hope you get some great photos. When Dad goes on long trips, it's always hardest the first week. That's when I feel the whole of him being gone the worst. At every meal where his chair is empty, every bedtime when he doesn't say goodnight, it's a sharp hurt every day. There's one good part about that first week, though. Mom and I do and eat all the things we both like, but Dad doesn't. I was thinking maybe we could go out to lunch today, Mom said during breakfast. We could drive to North Conway and explore the shops there. The unpacking will still be here when we get back. That sounds like fun, but could we do it another day? I asked. The Baileys invited me to go mountain climbing. I felt bad that she looked so disappointed. I'm sorry, Mom. It all came up kind of fast. Do you want to come with us? No, that's okay, she said. I should keep unpacking. It'll be nice to feel more settled. We can go shopping in any weather, I said, trying to make it seem less like I was choosing the Baileys over her. And today's supposed to be nice out, but maybe you and I could have banana splits for supper, like we did when Dad went to British Columbia last year. We got hot fudge sauce and whipped cream and everything, remember? She smiled. Yes, that would be fun. I'll go to the grocery store this afternoon and get everything we need. When I'd woken up, I had wondered if climbing Cherry Mountain was just an idea or was it a real plan? But as I was getting dressed that morning, Nate texted me. Do you have bug spray you can bring for our climb? We are out. It was exciting to get a text from someone who wasn't my family and who was using funny text abbreviations and was a boy. Sure, I texted back. And then after I hit the send button, I wondered if that sounded blunt and maybe I should have used more words. So I sent another one. We have lots. At nine o'clock, Nate was outside our door. I looked around him for the others, but it was only him. Is Grandma Lila coming? I asked. He shook his head. She couldn't walk that far, forget climbing, so I snuck out. I felt bad doing it, but she was in the kitchen talking to Emily about the baby loon. I don't think she even remembered about climbing. But it was her idea. Won't she be upset that we left her? It didn't seem right not to tell Grandma Lila. 
She'll be more upset if she can't make it up the mountain, Nate said. She gets mad when she thinks she can do something and we say it's not safe anymore. Or she tries and she can't do it. Honestly, she'll be happier at home hearing about the baby loon from Dad and Emily. Do you still want to go? Paused. Okay, sure, if you do. Yeah, I was thinking maybe you could bring your camera and take some photos of our climb for Grandma Lila. That way, she'll get to see it without having to do it herself, Nate said. And maybe you'll even find some things to shoot for the contest. My mom said she'll drive us to the trailhead whenever we're ready. As I followed Nate towards his family van, I looked over at the beach and to Grandma Lila standing on the dock with her clipboard. I still felt a little guilty. She had seemed so excited and happy last night, like she really wanted to go. Hey Nate, can you run in and grab that old photo of you and Grandma Lila on the mountaintop? I have an idea. He grinned when I told him my plan. I'll be right back. The Cherry Mountain Trail began with an official looking sign, but once Nate and I had walked several hundred feet, it became a green tunnel through the woods. The path nearly swallowed by ferns and trees. Every time I look ahead, I saw another fat yellow rectangle of paint someone had stroked on a tree to mark the trail. I breathed out in relief. Not lost yet. The ground under my feet felt squishy from last night's rain, like walking on foam. My ears rang with the quiet of tiny sounds. Far away bird calling, the hum and buzz of insects, an occasional red squirrel pipping or moving about through the leaves, and my own breath as I climbed. As we walked, I worried I was breathing too loud or talking too much, or not enough. Don't be dumb, doesn't matter. He wouldn't have asked you to come if he didn't want to be friends. Maybe this is how it's supposed to feel when you had a boy as a friend. Part exciting and part weirdly confusing. I didn't realize it'd be so muddy, Nate said, but I guess we did get a lot of rain last night. Yeah. Hansel was so scared of the thunder that he hid under my bed. I went under there with him. Nate laughed. I wanted to ask him about the movie that he went to see with Megan, but I really only wanted to hear that it was bad. Roots reached out like fingernails, scratches raking across the path. Some of the roots felt spongy with decay and the black green smell of wet leaves and soil was everywhere. I tried to walk around the worst patches of mud. I had brought a small backpack with my camera, water, sunscreen, bug spray, and contest list, and some snacks, but I didn't think to bring extra clothes. It'd be embarrassing to slip and end up covered in goo. A few stripes of sunlight stretched across the path, and I glanced quickly along the side of the trail for anything colorful to shoot chipmunk-sized holes disappeared into the darkness between the roots of a big pine tree and scattered around the tree were mushrooms in different sizes and colors. Tiny white umbrellas, bumpy tan bouquets, and a few squat ivory ones like marshmallows 
grew in the moss. A few feet away, there was even a tan flat one that looked like a pancake with one bite gone. Most of the mushrooms were too ordinary and plain to be interesting, but a little banana-colored umbrella mushroom caught my eye. I removed some distracting bits of bark and arranged some dark wet leaves behind it to make the yellow pop against the darker background. That's pretty, Nate said when I showed him my shot on the screen. It was pretty. I could just hear Dad saying there was no surprise in my photo, nothing to make it more than what it was. Yeah, but it was only a mushroom, I said, deleting it. As I walked behind Nate, I wished something amazing would happen, like a moose would cross the path ahead of us. But even when you're in a likely place, sometimes nothing happens. Animal doesn't come, or he sees you first. The leader on the trail gets all the spider webs. Nate waved his arms in the air in front of him. They feel weird across my neck every time I walk into them. Do you want me to? <gasps> I let out a gasp. What is it? He asked. Against the rough bark of the tree trunk, the toad was almost invisible, blending perfectly except for his eyes. Right there, I said, pointing. If he hadn't jumped, he never would have seen him. Nate stooped beside me. Oh, hey, Mr. Toad. It wasn't a moose, but it was something. Holding my camera away from me, level with the toad, I moved it slowly sideways. I want the contrast of the green leaves behind him, not just the tree trunk, I explained. The toad's probably less scared of the camera moving than he would be of my whole body moving around him. Trying to hold everything steady, I got off several shots before a drop of sunlight fell onto the toad's face. He blinked and hopped into the ferns. I switched on my screen. Most of the photos were terrible. In one shot, I had missed the toad completely. But in one photo, the toad stood out beautifully against the leaves. I showed it to Nate. Wow, he said. He really blends in with the tree trunk. I nodded. But his eye doesn't blend. And that leads you right to him. This is one lucky shot. No one who sees it will think that. They won't know that you took a bunch of photos to get that one. Is there a contest word that you could use it for? I took out my page and I scanned through the choices. Mm, it could be a closer look or texture. His skin is amazing and the tree trunk has a different texture, but they work well together. Texture is a harder word, Nate said. You can look closer at anything. You're right, okay, this is texture. As we walked, couldn't help turning the camera on a few times and looking at the toad again. I thought it was a great shot, but what would dad say? The higher we climbed, the cooler the air became, but the faster I heated up. My t-shirt stuck to my skin and I longed to take it off my backpack so my shoulders could have a break from being pulled backward. Three miles hadn't seemed too long in the trail parking lot, but it felt like forever as the trail grew steeper. 
Every time I'd see a steep section ahead, I'd get excited to reach the top, only to find another steep section beyond it. Thank goodness Grandma Lila hadn't come. We'd left the mud behind, but she never could have climbed over all those big rocks. Am I going too fast? Do you want to stop? Nate asked. Sorry, I'm just not used to this. That's okay. He sat on a big rock. I'm glad to take a break. I don't understand people who hike like it's a race. What are they, excited to go back home? Sitting next to him, I was glad to let my breath catch up with the rest of me. Straight ahead was a screen of bare tree trunks, their only leaves high overhead, shivering in a breeze too far away for me to feel. I'm off in the woods, near a snap. A moose? I looked hard into the trees, but how could a moose even fit in between all those trees? It was probably a squirrel. In the quiet, everything sounds bigger. Can't believe you and Grandma Lila hiked up here. Yeah, we did it every year for a while, but the last time we did it, she stepped between some rocks and fell. She didn't break anything, but she got scraped up and Dad said that was enough. That's too bad, I said. I could tell last night that she loved this hike. Nate nodded. I hate telling her no about anything, but it's harder for her to do lots of stuff she used to do. After my grandpa died, she moved in with us but she still came to the cottage every summer by herself. This year, mom was worried she might fall and no one would know. So mom said we'd come too, to make sure she's okay. We're doing all her favorite things, loon patrol and ice cream and cookouts and watching old movies. That sounds great. Yeah, but I don't know if my parents will even try bringing her next year. It's kind of sad too. I start having fun, but then I remembered this might be her last summer here. It's like I'm missing things that aren't even gone yet. I sighed. It's too bad you can't make everything exactly the way you want and then freeze it to stay that way. Nate nodded. It's one of the things that I love about photography, I said. It's always now in the picture, even if everything else changes. If I could freeze time, I'd pick the last summer Grandma Lila made it all the way up and down Cherry Mountain without falling and could go on moon patrol by herself. Nate paused. Except then, I'd be eight years old forever, and this summer has already had some good parts to it. I glanced at him, wondering if meeting me was the good part. But he was digging in the pine needles at his feet with a little stick. So maybe I'd freeze a day this summer when Grandma Lila was doing well, even if she couldn't climb a mountain or get into a kayak. Can we freeze a day this summer that hasn't happened yet? I asked. Sure, why not? Then I'd freeze a day this summer when Dad is home and Grandma Lila is happy with no thunderstorms because Ansel doesn't like those. Nate looked up from his stick. We'll freeze a sunny day. With a breeze so there are no mosquitoes? And Megan is somewhere else for the day, like Antarctica. Sounds perfect, Nate said. Are you ready to hike again? We don't have far left to go. As we continued upward, I 
thought about how adults sometimes complain that kids only think about ourselves, but it's not true. We care a lot about other people, but most times we just don't have the power to change things for them. At the top of yet another steep climb, the trail widened and I could see patches of blue sky between the trees ahead, all the way to the ground. Almost there, Nate said over his shoulder. As the trail spread outward, I saw farthest away first. Sky, some white clouds, the lightest blue mountains. As I neared the summit, rows of closer mountains appeared, a darker blue, blue upon blue upon blue above a carpet of trees. I imagined myself with a hang glider speeding down the trail and jumping right off the ledges and out into all that air. From somewhere deep inside me, I found the extra push I needed to run the rest of the way. Chapter 7 Journey From the top of Cherry Mountain, there are mountains in all directions, rippling like a rolling sea, wave upon wave. Wide open and windy, the summit cooled me off so fast it didn't seem possible that I'd been hot and sweaty only minutes before. I made my way carefully around the ledges and between the shrubs and small trees, looking for views to photograph. But no matter where I stood, I could only fit a fragment of the mountains in the frame. And when I checked my shots, none of my photos compared with the real thing. They just couldn't show the hugeness I felt. The frame was too small. Above the trees, everything seemed so close and touchable, like I could step from mountain to mountain and sit the tiny houses in the valley on the tip of my finger. That's Mount Washington. Nate said, pointing to the tallest peak with its weather towers spiking up like tiny knife blades. That summit's probably full of visitors and climbers on such a good day. We waved to them, even though they couldn't see us. Up there, everything looked wilder than it did from below. The forests, bald patches on cliffs, the curving rivers and the odd-shaped puddles of lakes. My knees felt shaky. It was weird to be in the real wilderness. No guardrails, nothing to keep you safe. You had to do it. Don't get too close to the edge or you might... Ah! Nate jumped off the ledge. I gasped, but then I saw him standing on the other step of the ledge a bit below the first, looking very pleased with himself. Not funny, I said. He looked really happy for fooling me, though. As he was climbing back up, his phone chimed. It's Megan, he said. I watched his fingers typing back a response. Oh, what does she want? I asked, trying to sound totally normal. She asked if I wanted to come over. I told her I'm on top of Cherry Mountain. As he typed, I wondered if he was telling her that he was hiking with me and if that would give Megan one more reason to dislike me. But Nate had come over to my house that morning, not the other way around. So really, if Megan was mad at someone, it should be him. His phone chimed again. 
I didn't even want to watch him reading his message. So, are you and Megan good friends? I asked. Well, we've known each other ever since we were little. Usually I only see her for two weeks in the summer, though. That sounded like regular friends and a group friends, not best friends. But maybe Megan thought that since Nate was here all summer this year, they would do all kinds of things together. Maybe she had thought they'd be best friends, even if Nate didn't think that. I opened my backpack and started taking out the snacks I'd brought so I wouldn't have to watch him answering her. Food! That's great, I'm starving. Nate put his phone in his pocket. So don't get too excited, okay? We haven't done much grocery shopping yet, so all I could find were some graham crackers and peanut butter and stuff to sprinkle on top. I pulled out unsalted cashews, box of raisins, a little bag of granola, Christmas-colored sprinkles, shredded coconut, candy Red Hots, and some dried cranberries. Sorry, all we had was some weird back-of-the-cupboard stuff that moved with us. Nate reached for the crackers. We can make graham cracker sandwiches, like s'mores, only not. We can call them no mores. As I handed up my peanut butter graham crackers with raisins and coconut sprinkles, the chipmunk darted from between the rocks. He rose on his hind legs a few feet from us, like a tiny striped prairie dog. How does a chipmunk live up here? It must be cold in the winter. A chipmunks hibernate, Nick said, so they miss the worst part of the winter. Wish I could do that, I said, tossing the chipmunk a chunk of graham cracker sandwich. I'd like to wake up and have skipped over the whole school year. Chipmunk ran over and smelled the cracker, then used his tiny paws to pack it into his cheek. Me too, Nate said. The other kids think I have it easy because Dad will be one of my teachers, but I won't. He'll be harder on me than anyone else. I have to be the new kid again, I sighed. I have an idea. Give me your camera. When I handed it to him, Nate sat next to me and held the camera to face us. Hold up your no more. I held up my cracker as Nate took a photo of us together. There, he said, handing back my camera. You said a photo would let you freeze time, right? So when you look at this photo, it will be now again. I turned on my screen. In the photo, we were grinning like good friends. Thanks. These no mores aren't bad, Nate said, making himself another. This time I'm going to try red hots. I smiled. Don't give any of those to the chipmunk. He might explode. We ate the whole pack of graham crackers, except for a few bits that I threw the chipmunk. Then it was time for our secret plan. Let me see that photo of Grandma Lila and you. Nate opened his backpack and took out the framed photo he'd wrapped in a navy t-shirt. You won't wreck it, right? Of course not, I said, but I need it out of the frame. The glass will reflect too much. Out of the frame, the photograph looked flimsy. I held it tight as it fluttered in the breeze. In the old photo, Grandma Lila and Nate were sitting in a bit off-center in a space between two big granite rocks. A small tree was at the left edge of the photo with only blue mountains stretching across the background. We have to find the exact place where you were sitting, I said. Let's look for these big rocks with a small tree next to them. The tree's probably bigger now, Nate said. In the picture, Grandma Lila was wearing a white baseball cap 
There was a logo of some kind on it, but I couldn't read the words. She wore a yellow nylon coat and khaki shorts. Her muscular legs disappeared into knitted socks and hiking boots. But it was her smile that my eye went to, bright and full of happiness. And beside her was Nate, small and giggling in the circle of her arm. You have really short hair, I said, and I love the Spider-Man t-shirt. I was five, he replied flatly. You look cute, I said. It's a good photo. Did someone take it or did Grandma Lila use a timer? She had a timer. We kept messing up when it would go off. She'd set the timer and we would rush over and sit down and then wait and wait. And just when one of us would give up, it would go off. This was the only good photo. I wish she'd saved the others because they were funny. He smiled, but his eyes looked sad. I wish I had taken more photos of the regular things from places we'd lived. They didn't seem important enough to shoot, but I missed them the most. You'd think you won't forget them, but you do. Nate nodded. When I take photos, I use my phone, but then I almost never look at them again. I've taken a few photos with my phone so far, but I can control things better with my camera. I can set the aperture and the shutter speed. That lets me do special things like motion blur. Maybe I would look at my photos more if they were as good as yours, Nate said. Talking about photography made me wonder what my dad was doing. I hoped he was thinking about me. Nate and I walked all over the summit, looking between the photo and the view around us. I think this is the right direction, he said, stepping carefully over the ledges. Grandma Lila wouldn't have taken me anywhere too dangerous. Wait, let me see the photo again. These might be the rocks. Sure enough, they were the same two rocks. The little tree was taller now, but not a lot. The wind had kept it small. I held the photo out into the air in front of me. If I line up the photos to these mountains and then include some of today's view around the edges in my shot, it will look like the old photo continues into the new one. It will be like we brought her with us. But won't your hand be in the photo? Yeah, but that's okay, I said. Though it may would be better if it was your hand, since you're in the old photo. It was a great idea, but much harder than it seemed. To make it work, Nate had to stand completely still, holding the photo in front of him in his left hand, but lean his head far to the right so I could shoot over his shoulder. I reached around to move Nate's arm a little bit at a time until it all lined up with my eyes, and then I checked through the lens. The camera wouldn't be forgiving, and every time Nate wiggled or the wind shook the photo, we had to realign it all. Before long, I was practically hugging Nate from behind. I bit back a giggle. My arm is killing me, Nate said. Just a few more, okay? It took a lot of tries until I had one where the mountains lined up almost exactly from the new photo to the new one. And in the center, Grandma Lila and Nate looked so happy. Whew, Nate said when I finally told him he could put his arm down. I can make a print, I said, showing it to him, and we can give it to her. It's a cool photo, but then a sudden puff of wind took the old photo paper out of his fingers. It all happened so fast that I only had time to gasp. The photo landed on a bush on the edge of the ridge. Careful, 
I said as Nate raced down to the rocks to get it. Let's go home, he said, snatching it off the bush. My head hurt from that close call. What if the wind had been just a little stronger? The photo would have vanished forever in a second. I'm sorry, trying to make it fun again, I joked. But when we give it to Grandma Lila, the new photo, we can tell her that she had an adventure and she nearly blew off the mountain in the wind. I wish she could have come with us, but I know she can't, Nate said. I did have an idea about Loon Patrol, though, and how maybe she could do that for real. What's your idea? Well, she can't climb into a boat or kayak anymore, but... I've seen motorized crafts on other lakes. An inflatable raft? I asked. No, these are regular wooden swimming rafts, just like the ones people anchor out in the lake or attach at the end of their docks. They're usually square and they have a ladder and maybe a diving board. But these rafts have a motor on one end, so you can just pull up the anchor and use the motor to drive it around the lake. If we had something like that, we could park it up against our dock and Grandma Lila could just walk from the dock to the raft. We could even put a chair on it for her. I mentioned it to Mom, but she said those rafts cost too much. As Nate returned the old photo to its frame, I was amazed at how much he'd really already thought this out. I've only been doing the contest for something for fun to do with Nate and maybe to show off to Dad when he got home but I already had some photos and I was proud of them. The loon on the nest, the kayak with Nate's cottage in the background, and the toad on the tree trunk. Would $500 buy a raft? I wasn't sure if my photos would be the best, but if I did win and didn't use the prize money for myself, dad might be okay with me winning. He likes making a difference with his photos. How could he complain if I was trying to make a difference with mine? As I considered it, I walked around the summit taking some photos. If I was really going to enter, I had to make the most of every chance now. Tiny flower growing bravely in a crack in the rocks. Hope. The trail disappearing back into the dark woods. Journey. Nate from behind, taking a last look at the mountains around us. On its own. As he started down the trail, I took one more photo trying to capture the dizzying drop-off, the heart-bursting vastness of it all. Beyond reach. But I just couldn't make the photo compare with the real thing. The person looking at this photo would just see what was there. They wouldn't know what was missing, but I'd know. Took out my phone and I texted Dad. When you're shooting, do you ever find there's just a scene that no matter what you do, the photo just isn't as good as the real thing? Nate was already out of sight on the trail when my phone chimed with Dad's answer. Every day, sometimes, you just have to live it instead of shoot it. Putting the camera down, I took a deep, cold breath, pulling it all inside of me. Trees, mountains, sky, and I held it as long as I could. Then I gave up 
and turned for home. Chapter 8 Sticky When Dad's away on a trip, not only do I get less of him, I get less of Mom too. Mom and I have more chores to do because someone has to do all the things Dad usually does at home. So I love the special things Mom and I do when he's gone. I'll get the ice cream out of the freezer so it will soften up a bit and the grocery store had fresh strawberries, Mom said picking boxes and cartons out of the refrigerator. After washing and cutting some strawberries, I peeled the bananas and cut them into spears. Did you get maraschino cherries too? Of course. What would banana splits be without cherries? She asked. We'll put those in a bowl. Let's be sure to leave some cherry juice in the jar just in case there are leftovers. Leftovers, I joked. Ha, cherries are my favorite part. Picking three bowls from the cupboard and two spoons from the drawer, I said, I'm going with 60% vanilla and 40% chocolate ice cream in my bowl. But first, Ansel gets a little scoop of vanilla. Didn't even get his ice cream to the floor before Ansel had his nose in the bowl. As he licked, his dog tags jingled against the side. I thought I'd put some shredded coconut on mine, Mom said, looking in the cupboard, but I can't find it. Oh, sorry. I took it hiking with me, I said. Nate and I and made graham cracker sandwiches and coconut was one of the toppings. I fed the leftovers to a chipmunk. You have a chipmunk shredded coconut? I told Nate not to give him any of the red hots though. I didn't want the poor chipmunk to blow up. She smiled. Sounds like you had fun. I wish Nate and his family lived here year round, I said, dipping a spoon into the hot fudge and drizzling it all over my ice cream. You'll make friends, Mom said. You always do. I nodded. It takes a while to sort out which kids really want to be long-term friends and which kids are just bored with their old friends, though. Sometimes kids want to be my best friend at first because it's cool to be friends with the new kid. That wears off. When it does, that kid and all her old friends turn on you. I didn't want to explain that to Mom, though. Nate and I made Grandma Lila a present, I said to change the subject. She can't get to the top of Cherry Mountain anymore, so I asked Nate to bring an old photo of the two of them together on the mountaintop. I took this new photo of him holding the old photo at the exact same spot, so it will be like she came with us. What a thoughtful idea, Mom said. Nate seems like a nice kid. I'm glad he lives next door. Me too. Holding down the top of the whipped cream can, I swirled and squirted a mountain. As I dropped several cherries on top, I thought about the contest. Maybe I could make this look sticky. I dipped my spoon into the edge of the whipped cream and dribbled some trails over the side of my bowl took a quick photo as mom lifted her banana split towards me. To our new home, she said, and we clinked our bowls together. Everything began melting into a smushy deliciousness. We stopped talking, focused on eating. The tart strawberries made a nice change for the sugary sweet cherries. 
Halfway through, I added a new whipped cream mountain. Want another cherry? Mom asked. Of course. Mom's cell phone rang. Hello, she said, answering it. Her face brightened. Hi, how's everything in Arizona? Maybe Dad had tried to phone me first. I checked my phone to make sure the battery wasn't dead. Nope. Waiting for my turn, I swirled my spoon through my melting ice cream. At my feet, Ansel had vanilla all over his nose and face. His tongue moved as far as it could reach in all directions, licking his face to get every drop. Finally, Mom said, okay, here's Lucy. I grabbed her phone. Hi, sweetie. It's always a relief to hear my dad's voice sounding so close. I climbed a mountain, I told him. I texted you from the top and I've been kayaking. Wow, Dad said. See, didn't I tell you you'd love New Hampshire? Where did you go with Mom? No, I, I went with Nate. A boy? It's not like that, I huffed. Though maybe it would be okay if it was a little like that. And there was a thunderstorm the night you left? Ansel, Mom, and I hid under the bed. Well, that would have made an awesome photo, Dad said. He paused. Maybe I should have tried to shoot that moment under the bed. Ansel had been so scared that it hadn't even occurred to me. Just a minute, I'm coming, Dad yelled to someone else. Sorry, sweetie, I have to. Are you getting some incredible photos? I asked quickly. Even when he's busy, photography is a subject he'll talk on and on about. Well, I have this one. It's a real moment, Dad said. I can always shoot some good photos, but those real moments, they're as rare as almost never. But every now and then, something truly amazing happens at the very second you're ready for it. What was the photo of? I asked. A snake springing after a baby rabbit. It's intense and beautiful. I didn't even know how great that shot was because it all happened so fast. A snake? Aren't you supposed to be photographing some rare bug? Oh, I got some solid shots of the bug, Dad said. But developers want to build houses on this land and not many people want to live in a house with snakes all around. So they want to get rid of them. But these snakes are almost as endangered as the bugs, and this photo would make an amazing cover for the magazine. Was the rabbit okay? The rabbit? Oh, no, but the snake has to eat. There are a lot more rabbits than snakes. He worked hard for it. I didn't want to argue with Dad, especially since I had barely gotten to talk to him at all, but I didn't want to see that photo, because I like rabbits a lot. I took some photos of the loons for you. Remember how you asked me to do that? Great. Uh, I'm gonna go now, sweetie. Everyone's in the van. They're, they're waiting for me. Give Ansel a pat on the head for me, okay? Okay, I said, I love you. Love you too. My ice cream had turned soupy. How could I want to talk to him so much and then feel worse when I finally did? He said it's hot in Arizona. Mom said, but not humid. He's taking pictures of snakes, I told her. In one photo, a snake is killing a rabbit. Mom made a face. Well, let's hope he doesn't want to put that one on the living room wall. I moved my spoon through the ice cream, thinking of the photos I'd shot. They were all good or okay. But if I really wanted to win the money to help Nate get that raft, I was going to have to do better. I'd need some moments.